folks, welcome to the Wayback Machine. We're going way back before the internet. Imagine someone coming up to you and explaining what this tool could be, how integral it was going to become to our lives, all aspects of our lives. Well, now fast forward to the present and conversations about the metaverse beyond just games. Think about training, think about the learning opportunities. Today, we're diving deep into into the metaverse. Mike McCready, Industry Liaison and Research Advisor for Spatial Technologies Applied Research and Training Center at Lethbridge College, the Start Center. Mike, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thank you. How are you? I'm great. And thank you very much for joining us because there's a lot of stuff going on with Inventures and the stuff you guys are doing with the Metaverse. And of course, Matthew Ball there talking about the Metaverse, but I'm really stoked with the stuff that you're doing. So before we dive into that, why don't you tell me a little bit about your experience, what the Start Center is all about at Lethbridge College, and then let's we'll build this up in layers, so to speak. No, that sounds great. Um, I'll try to give the Coles Notes version, because sure. there's, there's a long history of immersive technology at Lethbridge College. Um, in 2016, I started teaching basic VR game design uh, as part of a program uh, at the college, because I'm an instructor at the college as well. And that was really the beginning of all the great things happening at the college. Uh, In 2018, a couple of years later, we put on the world's first conference held in virtual reality, Merging Realities. Uh, We had 86 cities around the world participate, uh, huge interest, huge kind of demand. And that was the impetus for the idea to create the Virtual and Augmented Reality Certificate Program, uh, which is the only one of its kind in Alberta and one of the first in Canada. We teach people to create these immersive experiences, uh, which is an exciting thing. Uh, and then in 2019, uh, we, we partnered with Inventures to put on the Lethbridge College Global XR Forum, which had over 200 people uh, in 2019 join us to experience VR, to hear people from around, around the world speak, to try some cutting-edge equipment. That was the impetus for us to be able to look at creating uh, organized effort on spatial technologies research, hence the START Center. Uh, and, and looking back on the last few years, we've seen huge interest and growth and demand for people to get support in applying these technologies into their workflow, uh, whether it's to improve the bottom line, uh, increase efficiencies, or improve employee safety. You know, we've worked with areas in different sectors such as healthcare, first responders, trades, cultural, natural heritage, and more. And it's really the last three and a half years has been kind of a whirlwind as to the growth that has happened at the Start Center at the college. I'm sure, yeah. You know, and then and we're again we'll dive into the metaverse, but I gotta I, I gotta keep going back and asking a few questions. When we talk about the metaverse, oftentimes I think people instinctually think gaming. They think, you know, you had said your your genesis was as a as a gaming instructor and and creating that uh, that platform at Lethbridge College, but it's really more than that. As you've alluded, there's a lot of training opportunities and you know business improvement. Um, so 
at the college, what was your training? How did you get into this in the first place before you became an instructor? Where, where, where did the genesis sure. happen? Sure. So go way even further back. Sure. Yeah. Uh, uh, so I'm actually a grad of the college in multimedia production. I uh, graduated in 1999. Um, and in that program, students learn a variety of things from web programming to graphic design, 3D, and, and more. And my career trajectory took me into the area of web development. I spent the last 20 plus years uh, doing web development, web management, um, all those kind of areas around that. And it was a, kind of a natural progression or evolution for me to kind of dive into uh, virtual augmented reality because of the programming background that I had, uh, both for my education and for my uh, professional experience. So now when you look at web building, that's that's gone through quite a transition from its inception. I remember, you know, when, when that first started out, you had to be able to code, you had to be well-versed in HTML. And now, of course, we're that WYSIWYG, what you see is what you get. You just cut and paste and drag things into blocks and and uh, and, and create things like that. So now as this transition was happening, as you're build, you know, doing web development and all that, did you see or did you understand the implications of the work early on that there's going to be more of these environments that people can immerse themselves into of course we see a ton of it in the movies but the movies over dramatizes things and and we all know that that's you know to to as a storytelling effect we want to focus on the things that have the most dazzle and bang and to be quite frank most dystopic but this isn't that so did you see it early on could you see where it was going? I don't know if I could see where it was going, but I I gravitated to the technology evolution as, as it was coming. So, for example, I was one of the first social media strategists at Lethbridge College and one of the first in a post-secondary environment, uh, I think pre-2015, when it was just kind of a growing area. And so I've always kind of looked at technology trends and tried to see how they could be incorporated. You know, if you look at the past, there have been gigantic technological revolutions, you know, the printing press, computing, personal computers, mobile phone, and each of these devices, each of these platforms have created a huge disruption in how we communicate, how we do business. Uh, The internet was a big one, but then mobile internet was another big one. And now we're getting the spatial internet, which is kind of the metaverse uh, evolving into that. And so you look at these revolutions or these evolutions and it really is a opportunity to grab the bull by the horn, so to speak, and to really um, understand it before you're forced to understand it. And that's kind of what I've always tried to do, try to understand it a little bit early before I'm forced to understand it. Right. And that's a, that's actually a great point because, again, and I don't mean to keep referencing Matthew Ball because you're my expert right now. Um, but one thing he spoke about is it's it's coming whether we like it or not. So we have to educate ourselves. We have to understand it, as you just said. Uh, take that opportunity to be proactive rather than, oh my God, now I'm in it. I have to, you know, pedal quickly to try to catch up. So I, I said earlier on to you, I didn't want to have, have to get you to define the metaverse because I think it's probably at that point where we could probably talk three or four hours and maybe not necessarily come up with a clear definition necessarily of what it is. But let's, let me, uh, when, when I, again, sorry with the Matthew Ball references, but I had looked at uh, one of his comments and how he described it was to say, and, and you tell me if this is close and if this is what we can use as our definition. 
The metaverse is a massively scaled and interoperable network of real-time rendered 3D virtual worlds and environments which can be experienced synchronously and persistently by an effectively unlimited number of users with an individual sense of presence and with continuity of data such as identity, history, entitlements, objects, communications, and payments. Whew! Now, all of that said, if we use that as our, is that an accurate reference point from your perspective? That is an accurate reference point as to where it will get to. Okay. Right. We, okay. We're, we're not there yet. And in his book, he does talk about some of the huge technological barriers that, that are preventing us currently from getting there. But there are some attributes that I like to really tease out of that definition. Things like uh, interoperable, right? Uh, you know, often people, including Matthew Ball, use the analogy of the metaverse and the web, right? Uh, can you imagine if you had to in- insert a different CD draw, a CD-ROM for different um, websites? You wanted to go to Google, you had to use this, the Google CD-ROM. You wanted to go to Facebook, you have to Facebook CD-ROM. They're interoperable, right? Because of the protocols that have been created, you can jump from one website to another seamlessly, we aren't really seeing that now, but that is a that is a core component. Uh, persistence, as he talks about, is is another core component. So there are attributes that he defines that I think we can aspire to. That definition, I think, is a way off into the future. But there are things now that we can look at. Um, the real-time 3D is another important one, right? That is, I think, one of the things that d- differentiates the metaverse from the internet, right? The internet is 2D. You consume it either in a video, text, you're not, it's not wrapped around you. That real-time 3D, I think, is one of the things that defines or separates the metaverse from the current um, internet that we have today. You know, and that's actually a really interesting point you raised because, I, you know, as I was reading and, and getting up to speed, and my God, there's so much information here. And I really have to say to our listeners that, Whatever meager work that I did to try to wrap my brain around the metaverse stuff is, it's, it just pales in comparison to the knowledge that uh, a guy like, you know, my guest Mike has today with all of this. But your point about 2D and 3D, we're human beings. We, you know, sure we can read, sure, you know, we've got, you know, we can interact with a, a you know, a, a GUI, uh, screen and touch keys and, and have that open things. But as human beings, we're, tactile and and a three-dimensional environment really helps us learn and really helps us grow and to your point that's where the internet is going as you as you evolve through to this metaverse Mm -hmm. and and, you know to to build off what you said we're spatial people we talk with our hands you're using your hands right now you know the the listeners can't see but we're using our hands and that's why when you look at a lot of the studies out there of immersive learning, how effective it is compared to traditional classroom or textbook or video, because it activates other parts of the brain that traditional learning doesn't activate because of that spatial uh, component. Mm-hmm. So now, okay, so you're going to be at Adventures, Lethbridge right. College is at Adventures. We've got... You know, you, we had a title for it and we're now, I think we're now calling it the, uh, Inventures Metaverse Experience. That's right. So, Mike, tell me a little bit about what this Inventures Metaverse Experience will be for our attendees on site and what you and your students have done. Cause this really blows my mind. Awesome. Thank you. Uh, we've, we've been there for the last few years and we're always grateful to come back. But this year we've, 
we kind of upped the ante, so to speak, because of the increased focus that Alberta Innovates has put on the metaverse. You know, there's a metaverse track, there's metaverse keynotes, Matthew Ball, Samantha Wolf are, are a couple of examples. And so we want to do more than what we've done in the past. Um, in the past, we brought virtual speakers into a generic space, people from around the world, Tokyo, South America, the UK, and the attendees at the Adventures Conference could go into a room, put on a VR headset, and listen to the speakers uh, from around the world. We're still doing that, but we are expanding it. So the Inventures Conference is held at the TELUS Convention Center in downtown Calgary. What we've done with the help of our students, as you alluded to, is we've recreated the main floor of the TELUS Convention Center in virtuality. So when you put on the headset, if you're at Inventures in person, you put on the headset, uh, you'll be able to see the same space that you are physically at, but you will be able to see it virtually. Uh, and we've done a few things that you can't do um, or that you have limited ability to do in the physical space. So, for example, in one of the rooms that is already occupied with other activities, we've got some socializing that you can do, some brainstorming, some design thinking, some uh, other activities. That So we're, one of the beautiful things about virtuality is that you're not bound by the confines of time and space, right? So we have a space that physically is being used, but now we can use that space virtually. And so we recreated the space for those who are attending, but also for those who are attending remotely. Uh, there'll be a way for them to be able to uh, join in remotely and uh, through the Engage platform, which is the platform that we're using, be able to join the Inventors Metaverse experience and listen to these speakers, uh, collaborate and collide with people who are physically at the event. So we're, we're bridging the physical and virtual together. Um, and something else that we're really excited about, we've done uh, every year in the past, is we're showcasing some pretty amazing technology, uh, some technology that either doesn't exist in Alberta or isn't readily available to industry. Uh, and so on the day two, on June 2nd, we're showcasing a lot of this equipment uh, in TELUS 102 and 103. Uh, but what we're going to be doing is live streaming those demonstrations back into the metaverse experience for those who are participating remotely. So again, we're bridging the physical world with the virtual world to kind of allow them to kind of participate, even though they aren't physically at the event. Oh, that is cool. So I, I just have to correct a, a comment. You said you said day two, June 2nd. Day two is June 1st. Sorry, yes. So, cr- no, yes, sorry. No problem. I just want uh, the listeners out there to, to know if they're like, oh, what? <laughs> My schedule's all around. That's right. June 1st. So, Mike, help me understand. So when you describe this to me, and, and I think this is a thing where words kind of fail us a little bit because this is so, it, it, it seems, you know, when you said it, it, you, you can delay time and space. You didn't say exactly that, but you know, you, you can ignore the confines of time and space. Right as soon as you say that, I, my brain kind of goes, I don't get it. How, how does that work? So, Try to help me understand what this virtual space of the TELUS Convention Center on the first floor, what does that look like? You put on, you're, you're in TELUS, one of the rooms where you join you guys, you don't, you have the virtual headsets for all of the attendees mm-hmm. that want to join. Yep. Um, incidentally, if you do, do join online, there's things you have to download, but we can provide information on that. But so someone will put on the headset. What's, what does it look like for them being in there? Why would they want to do that and not attend regularly and not, you know, ignore the constraints of time and space? Um, and yeah, let's start with those two. They, they sure. seem big. <laughs> yeah. So when they put the headset on, they'll be 
teleported, for lack of a better word, to the main floor of the Telus Convention Center where they've got the circular customer service desk. It'll look exactly like it does there. Uh, you'll see the uh, kind of aluminum pillars that are kind of iconic by that circular area. You'll be able to walk around that space, go into Telus 101 or 102 or 103 or other rooms, talk to other people who are there who might be physically at the event with you or who might be tuning in from the UK or South America or the United States. One reason why this is of interest is that a lot of people, for various reasons, whether it's cost, logistics, et cetera, aren't able to physically come to adventures. Um, you know, I've heard stories of people whose visas were not processed in time, right? And lots of reasons why. This can allow you to still participate uh, in an event's great programming while not being able to attend there physically. One thing I want to kind of put out there uh, – the metaverse technology, virtual reality technology, isn't to the point where it can replace or substitute physical interactions, physical learning, right? Uh, it's meant to, you know, when we talk about VR training, I never will, would imagine that a VR training tool or platform would replace physical training. It's meant to enhance that physical training. It's the same thing with this. You know, there's some things you just can't recreate in virtual reality, such as like, you know, you know, chatting over coffee or walking down the street together, right? Some of those are just hard to mimic, but there are a lot of things that you can do. Uh, and I think that's the exciting thing. And what's really amazing is that the technology is going to improve. This is not our status quo right now. We're going to continue to see improvements in bandwidth and fidelity and the ability to have higher quality experiences. We're just at the beginning right now. Of course. So now when you're in there, when I'm in there and I've got my headset on, um, there's a, a, a does the computer create an avatar of me? Okay, so I'm interacting with Mike's avatar. Yeah, so for those who are at the event, we'll have pre-populated avatars just because of time. We can't create custom avatars for each person. Okay, okay. If you're joining remotely uh, through the Engage platform, you'll be able to go through, create an Engage account, create a custom avatar. They even have a mechanism where you can take a photo of yourself and your avatar will look like you. Uh, so if you're joining okay. remotely, you can have some more customization. Those at the event... Because of the sheer flow of traffic, we've got custom avatars we've just created for each of the headsets. I get you. Um, can I get the one that looks like George Clooney? We'll work on that for you, for sure. Yeah, right on. <laughs> um, so I think, you know, and one of my questions earlier was, you know, what's the advantage of someone if they're there on site to participate in this? And I think I answered that myself. And, and in addition to what you were saying, we started this off by saying it's up to us to educate ourselves to understand what's going on with the metaverse and it's coming whether we want it to or not. And really it's the onus is upon us to understand what this is involves. And this is a great opportunity for people on site and for people not there, but for the people on site too, to participate and to learn what it's going to be all about and to be able to pick your brain, Mike. For sure. Yeah, you're right. Trying is the first step. I remember the very first year we did the uh, activity adventures. We had one person in particular. He because you sit at a you sit in a chair at a desk with your headset, but then once you're in the virtual world, you can move around. You're you're walking through the space and whatnot. But he took his headset off at the end of the session and was like blown away that he was still facing the wall because mentally he was somewhere else. And for him, that was an aha moment of the impact that this virtual spatial environment can have on him mentally. 
And we all need those aha moments. And I think those who come to adventures, come visit us on the main floor of the Telescope Convention Center and have your uh, metaverse aha moment. I love it. Yeah, no, I think it's it's so fantastic. So tell me a little bit more. When you and, you and I were chatting, you mentioned some other technologies that you were going to have there. I think at some point you had mentioned uh, something that had to do with holograph. Yeah, so there's going to be some, yeah, we've got some pretty cool <laughs> tech that we are showcasing. And, and I want to just preface uh, what I'm going to talk about with what is what is so exciting about the technology that START has is that all of it we are making available to industry, right? A lot of the technology isn't available or is financially um, not feasible for them to invest in, and they want to maybe do some R&D. Uh, all of this uh, industry will be able to access, not just the hardware, but the expertise, the support, and to work with the hardware. And so, yeah, we're definitely going to be having uh, some holograms uh, we're really excited about. We're going to be showcasing some motion capture technology, uh, some pretty advanced mixed reality. And so just for those of your listeners, you know, we probably have heard of virtual reality. We've probably heard of augmented reality. Mixed reality is kind of like a blend of the two in that where your digital content interacts and is aware of the physical environment. Uh, and so we've got some pretty advanced mixed reality devices that we're going to be showcasing as well. Uh, some, I would suspect nobody has tried. Um, really? Yeah, wow. just, be just because of the sheer price point on some of okay. these. Um, and, and so we're really excited to showcase not just the hardware, but to talk about the impact that the hardware can have on industry. Because we always want to circle back to industry and to the benefit that this will have. And so we're going to be sure. showcasing this tech, but also talking with them about how could it support them and their workflow. Oh, that's, that's awesome. So then we'll, you know, obviously InVentures is going to have a lot of entrepreneurs and startups and uh, investors, et cetera, and so forth. But these people, we encourage them to go down and, and chat with your team. And again, it's TELUS 101, 102, and 103? That's correct, yeah. Okay. So to go down check out some of the the metaverse stuff with you guys the tech you guys are demoing and to see if there's an opportunity for them to tie into the work you're doing and how you could potentially lethbridge college and the start program specifically could help these these entrepreneurs exactly and, you know the 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 thing that we're looking for is one of our mandates that we have with start is to help accelerate the adoption of spatial technologies Right, whether that is consulting on the best workflows or devices to use, whether it's helping them to develop a prototype. We've got a couple of clients that we're working with that want to develop a product, but are looking at using virtual reality to prototype it first. Or whether it's to help them develop a, a new solution that they're going to be offering as a revenue generation opportunity for their, their companies. The, the, the spectrum is pretty wide of how we could support industry on the adoption of spatial tech. Wow. that Mike, this is, is so cool. I, uh, I can't wait to be there and, and check it out, and I'll come and see you, of course, in person and virtually. Awesome. <laughs> and uh, as we said, we'll get uh, we'll get the information for people to uh, if they're virtual and they and and they can't make it to Inventures. Of course, we'd love to see you all there in person. But if you can't make it, we'll have the information on how you can access the Engage platform. I think you had mentioned mm -hmm. some of the things you need to download and and all of those other ancillary uh, um, hardware pieces that you may need and I just to, wanna, to access. Please, yeah. I just want to add one thing. If you aren't attending and you, you have to access it virtually, you don't need a VR headset. Um, oh, obvi okay. Obviously, if you have one, it's more of an immersive and uh, engaging experience. But if you just have a PC computer or a Mac computer 
or even a mobile device, you can access Engage on those devices as well. So you can still participate uh, and interact with others who are at the event. Excellent. Okay, no, that's great news. Now, Mike, where do we go here? Where do we go from here? What? So this is the very nascent stage of the metaverse. Uh, we talked about Matthew Ball's kind of aspirational definition of the metaverse. How long do you think from here to there? When are we... And I, I don't mean to sound uh, um, flippant or coy, but how long before, uh, rather than spending five and a half hours on TV as the average person does every night, are we spending four to five hours in virtual reality, interacting with other people, either for entertainment, for learning, for social opportunities? What do you think? You know, you look at some of the other kind of leaders out there, they're kind of uh, hinting at five to ten years. But I think that we will see it happen in stages, right? Mm-hmm. I've been involved with technology for a very long time. Um, I don't know if your listeners remember bulletin board systems or BBSs. Yeah. Right? I ran one of those when I was a teenager. You know, that was a precursor to the internet. And then we had some early days internet, which wasn't as a wide stream. And then it grew and grew and grew. And now we have mobile. I think we're going to see the same thing with metaverse. Is we're gonna, and we're already seeing it right now, right? We've got... Um, we'll see pockets of activities such as uh, with Fortnite and Roblox, um, and we'll see these happening and growing. I think it's still a ways away before we see that aspirational definition that you mentioned from Matthew Ball. Uh, and if you, I highly encourage you, your listeners to read his book because it talks about some of those. Some of those things are latency, uh, bandwidth, storage, right, which are which are hugely required. Um, but we're going to see. Um, I guess, incremental growth, right? And the sooner we become uh, familiar with real-time 3D, the value of virtual augmented reality, the value of spatial real-time 3D, the better we'll be prepared uh, for when this does roll out. Because as you mentioned earlier on, it is happening. It is inevitable. I you know I've been involved with the internet since it kind of was around commercially. And back in the day, a lot of companies resisted. They didn't want to have a website. And now if you don't have a web presence, you don't exist, essentially. And so I think the sooner organizations become familiar with the impact of metaverse technologies, and there's a lot of technologies that kind of support the metaverse, as they become more familiar, the better prepared they will be when they are forced into that role. When people go to InVentures, if they check out Matthew Ball's keynote, feed their brains with that, Go down and pick your mighty brain uh, and tell us 101, 102. Uh, are your students going to be with you as well that built the... Uh... One of them will be. Okay. One of, so we're bringing up a, t- a crew of about 13 or 14 volunteers because it takes a lot of people to build this and run this. But the student who built the virtuality uh, experience, um, like the, the visuals, he'll be there as well. Right on. Well, I can't wait to meet him. I can't wait to hang out and pick your brain more. Uh, Mike, this is fascinating fascinating content and uh you're right at the uh you're at the vanguard of it so eager to learn more and i'd encourage everybody else to uh, go check out and learn more awesome thank you for having me it's been great talking about this yeah my pleasure we'll talk soon talk to you later shift can be found online at shift.albertainnovates.ca where you can reach us via email at shift at albertainnovates.ca we can also be found on your favorite streaming service so dive in and enjoy until next time i'm john 